Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'd like to welcome you to this video, Should I Be a Bible Teacher? And it's a conversation that some of you have been thinking about and wondering about, and so I've invited two of my friends to join us today, uh, Kristen Poole, who is right now co-teaching with me at our church, and Susie Hawkins, and Susie and I have collaborated many times teaching together, and Susie has years and years of experience teaching far more than I do. So I'm excited that they were willing to join me and look forward to what they have to say. You can read their bios on our website. I won't go into that, but right now I'm just going to turn it over to Kristen. She's got some questions and comments for us to consider this topic. Well, thanks, great. Kristen. Yeah, thanks, Kay. I'm just excited to be here with both of you today and think through a really important question, which is how do you discern what your spiritual gifting is? And then if God's calling you possibly to teach, how do you begin steps to walk into that ministry? Uh, so Susie, I wanted to start and just ask you, how did you begin your journey in, in uh, becoming a Bible teacher? How did that start? Well, I never planned on that happening. Um, when my husband and I married, he was already in the ministry, so I was just kind of thrown into the church. And I never really saw myself in that role, but like you have in the local church, opportunities, just more opportunities than you can take present themselves. And so um, I remember the first summer we were married at youth camp, I was asked to teach a session to the students. And a seasoned teacher took me under her wing, and which I needed worse than anything, and helped me understand how to prepare a lesson. And I found that I really enjoyed it. And so from that point on, I just took opportunities here and there. And I will say a lot of times with children on vacation Bible school, I learned that I, I enjoyed telling the story. I enjoyed that part of the ministry. And as I got older, more opportunities came. And eventually, in one of our churches, I had an opportunity to follow a very well-known and beloved teacher, which was intimidating. But she also took me under her wing and began to really learn how to structure a message, how to teach, went to some seminars. And, you know, I think, Kristen, that um, as far as spiritual gifts, I did all that, like most of you probably take all the tests and all that. But I think if I think your spiritual gift is what you really enjoy doing. And if you're teaching or studying even, and you think, ah, I love this. This is just so wonderful that I get to do this. That's a pretty good clue mm -hmm. that God is leading you that direction. So I don't think you start out with all these, necessarily with all these goals. Sometimes opportunities just open up and you take them and you find that's where you are then. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's a, a big piece of my story, which is the idea of opportunities, um, where I heard someone tell me one time, just pay attention to the, the questions you get asked or the places you get put uh, as far as leadership. And even back in high school, when I was in a women's, you know, a girl's high school small group, having the chance or being asked, hey, would you want to lead this week? Um, 
wow, you know, or hey, you should be on the youth council, or even when I was in college being asked to step up into leadership. A lot of my journey of discovering that I wanted to teach Bible was just saying, hmm, a lot of people have asked me to lead in this way or in that way. You know, it was just very affirming that, that the community is seeing something in you, and, and then you just kind of step into that opportunity and into the next. And So I love that, that piece that you brought that out. Um, Kay, how about you? I'd love to hear about your journey and how you um, kind of found out that you wanted to teach Bible. Well, I didn't really want to be any kind of spiritual leader, honestly. I was very reluctant to do anything, but I began to study spiritual gifts because we were looking at it on Sunday morning in a Bible class I was in. Mm -hmm. And our teacher said that one way that might help you learn about your gifts was what you might like to do. And I thought, I can't think of anything that I necessarily want to do, but wouldn't it be great if I could just be a great Bible teacher? I would love that. <laughs> but I didn't necessarily think that was necessarily my gift. I was just trying so hard to come up with something that appealed to me. And I'd had a wonderful pastor's wife who was a Bible teacher of mine before, and I just, I was mesmerized by her, and I just thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if I knew the Bible and I could do that? But I didn't really expect it to happen, but I was doing a lot of study of the Bible and really loved it, and I was in a small group Bible study from our church, and one day I had the opportunity to take over for the teacher who was sick, and did it, and I felt like God was opening that door. Because I had prayed, God, just give me an opportunity. If, if this is really a direction you want to send me, I need an opportunity. And that opportunity came. And just like the two of you, just God has opened one door after the other because it's not something that I ever tried to get people to, make, to help me do, to ask me to do. I never volunteered. Right. It just kind of happened over yes, time. Yes, it mm -hmm. did. I'm wondering if there were significant like insecurities you had or fears at first that made you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be a teacher. And then how did, how did you kind of work through those? Well, I still have those every time I teach. <laughs> I still, you know, I don't mind so much getting up in front of people. I don't mind that. But I still think, I hope I have what I'm saying has some meaning to somebody. I hope I have some content. You know, mm -hmm. I hope my content is strong. Mm -hmm. And the women teachers I sat under had very strong content. And that was a little overwhelming and intimidating in a way. But, you know, I also, Kristen and Kay, you know this being the same age I am, basically. At that same time in my life, I had such good... Uh, teaching Kristen on having a quiet time and discipleship and developing my own relationship with God. And I started to understand that so much of what you teach is out of the overflow of your heart. Yeah. And that having working on that relationship with Christ, not just getting material for a lesson, right. but um, knowing that I had the Holy Spirit, I really had to lean on him to show me how to teach and illustrations and all that was huge. Not to mention my husband's a pastor and I did have access to all his commentaries and that was helpful. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Many times I'd call in the afternoon and say, can you bring that John Wolford commentary home? You know? And so that was very helpful. But I think real teachers always have a little bit of that. Don't you just mm -hmm. hoping and praying that what God's given you, that it will be as meaningful to the people that hear it as it is to you. How about you, Kay? Has there been a 
Was there a time where you had to really overcome fear to press on in your... Well, I'm really TV. like Susie all the time, uh -huh. still all the time. Um, afraid, afraid of mishandling God's word, afraid of um, letting God down somehow, afraid mm -hmm. of, afraid the women won't like me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those kinds of things. And so I've, and I was very afraid of getting up in front of people at first. Now I'm more comfortable with it, but I would really rather just sit in a corner somewhere and listen to somebody else. So it never really goes away. And every time I do something different, like be on a video, I'm scared again, you know. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think everybody should keep the self-doubt card in their hand. Yeah. You know, you need not be so secure and so sure you're so great. And what you're going to say is going to blow the whole world away. You need to, I think that's what keeps you on your knees, don't you? And keeps you really focused on really saying what God wants you to say. So I don't think that's all a bad thing. I don't either, but you know, recently a woman called me um, and she told me that she believed she had the gift of teaching, but that she wasn't doing anything about it because she was, she said in some ways she was sort of causing herself to fail so that she wouldn't have to do it because she was just so fearful of it. Okay. And I, I said, are you fearful of messing up? Are you fearful of just teaching? What are you fearful of? And in conversation, it, it came through that really what she was fearful was of what people were going to say about her. And, you know, I told her, I said, if you know God has put you there, you need to go through those open doors because you're being disobedient. If you know he has gifted you and you know he has opened those yeah. doors, so for true. you to let fear overcome is disobedience. Mm -hmm. And she, she sent me an email and just said, oh, my gosh, thank you. Wow. I never looked at it that way. I think um, early on in my journey, um, I, I noticed that there was just a love for being able to learn something and to um, share it in a way that was applicable and understandable and things like that. And um, so a lot of times my passion and my desire just for teaching in general has kind of helped me kind of overcome those fears. So I'm like, that passion is still there. Um, I know for me, it took a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to teach. You know, early on, I was, I was the kid who I would um, set up a little studio in my uh, in my house and pretend that I was trying to sell products to people like I was on HSN or something and I would like learn about the product and share it. Um, and then it was, you know, when I was in college, when I first took my theology um, courses at um, the Christian college I was at and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the content that I really am passionate about. I want to be able to study the scriptures and study theology and really make it um, understandable and come alive. And so was there a time um, for you, I'm assuming there was, where it was your teaching came out of an overflow of your love for God's word and your just passion for making that understandable for women? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that really was it all along mm -hmm. is, is because I cared about the women out there and I wanted to be sure that they had a good grasp of God's word because I felt like it is the key to the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said as a young mom, I was in a Bible study in our church, and really the example of an older woman fueled me. She taught us in a home Bible study every Wednesday morning, and I would just watch her hands, you know, the way she handled the Bible. Mm -hmm. She knew where everything was, but not just that. She just, it's just her way. 
And I just used to think, oh, I want to know the Bible like that. I want to know the references. And I'm wondering, she taught us about types and metaphors, stuff I'd never heard. And I would sit in my car after Bible study and just think, my brain, I can't really. Psalm 139. I remember when she taught on that. I'd never seen that song before, really. Mm -hmm. And she, the energy she brought to it, the insight she brought to it, really is what fueled me to want that for myself. Mm -hmm. And I would like to call it a godly envy, okay? <laughs> that I envied that, that what she had with God. I loved that, and I wanted that too, and I envied it. And that example really is what drove me to want mm -hmm. to teach. So that's a, that's a great um, kind of jumping off point for my next question. Um, we've all probably had like really good examples in our lives. Uh, was there a person who either was that example or maybe like a spouse or a friend or someone in your community that was really encouraging you? Because we're talking about all the fears and insecurities that we bring. Is there someone who's been a cheerleader for you in your teaching that's really helped keep pushing you along? I don't think I had one person, but I, there, God's always put somebody there who would, would encourage me. Mm -hmm. I agree, yeah. I had an older woman who asked me to teach her class for a while, who was wonderful to me. And as I look back at some of the conversations we have, I know now she was trying to guide me gently and help me understand some things. But I have always had older women, always, mm -hmm. and who invested their lives in me or were helpful. And I know you have too, Kay, and our friends that were very knowledgeable about Scripture and relationships and all that. Mm -hmm. So um, God has also gifted me with those influences that um, are just so crucial. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Kristen and Susie. Thank you for joining us. And if you have questions, if you want to talk to me personally, just contact me through our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. And uh, look on our website for other videos that might be helpful to you as a teacher. We'll be adding to them constantly, and so come back frequently. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.